Dramatica analysis of Sling Blade, recorded October 13th, 2020, led by Chris Huntley. Good evening. Welcome to the Dramatica Users Group. Tonight we're going to analyze the 1990s movie Sling Blade, um, independent film. So uh, would you allow me to share my yes, screen? Please. Yes. Right. You did enable it. Ah, I go. didn't enable it. I no, 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 no. That wasn't you. No, it was, it was uh, Jim had not. There we go. Okay, so what is the overall story? What's the big picture in a short sentence? Anybody? Saving a young life. Well, um, I think it's a little more than that. Maybe give it something a little, that's, that's almost like a thematic statement rather than a, um, a description of what's going on in the big picture. X. Patient returns to his hometown where he grew up and finds it's overwhelming. Okay, that's pretty good. All right, then. It's overwhelming. Okay. <clears throat> Who is the main character in this story? Carl. Don't all jump at once. <laughs> Carl Childers. Carl? Yeah. I like that voice. <laughs> all right. And so who do we have as potential nominees for the influence character that has the most influence or impact on Carl? Frank, Frank the kid. Frank, Frank is the kid, yes. Yeah. Um, White Yoakum, what was his name? Is it Dwayne? Is it oh. Dwayne? Yeah, he's, a, he's a definitely a Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne, yeah, you're talking about, which character are you talking about descriptively? Uh, um, Dwight Yoakum, the, um, the man he kills? That's Boyle. Boyle. Is that Boyle? Okay. Oh, right. Oh, right. Um, Okay, I think, I mean, all right, I'll put him in there. Boyle? I think it's Boyle. Frank. I'm Boyle. just throwing right. it out. I think it's Frank, but. Um. Well, no, okay, so uh, only if you, only suggest someone if you actually think that they probably are, or they're a handoff character. Um, um, maybe the, uh, maybe um, Jack Tripper. It's not Jack <laughs> Tripper. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, oh, Vaughn. Vaughn was his name. Vaughn, yes. Oh. Vaughn. That's the um the the gay guy, character, correct? Correct? Mm -hmm. Mother, yeah. uh, Ritter. Don Ritter. Don Ritter. Okay. So Frank and Vaughn. Any other or is that Yeah, I think Doyle is Pretty much your antagonist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not dealing with the hero kind of thing. Right. Um, okay, well, so what is the nature of the relationship between Carl and Frank? 
growing friendship. Okay. I would say eventually too, it grows to like a surrogate father son sort of thing. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, I think that's better. Yeah. Father and father. And what about with um, Vaughn and Carl? I would just say, like, he just does a little bit of influence character stuff, but I don't know if there's, like, a separate relationship story with him. Right, because he basically doesn't, he primarily talks about Frank and, you know. Yeah, uh-huh. So he, he steps in on Frank's behalf and sort of speaks to him about the need for the, you know, being, you know, um, really careful about Frank and, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of make, he's, he's one of those outside person, people who basically describes the influence character as opposed to um, is really representative of that perspective themselves, but they describe what, you know, what's going on in the relationship. You know, be careful about this relationship. And but it, but isn't there also the they have that you and I moment in the cafe? Where he's like, you and I are both alike. Um, like I feel like there's a way that he deals with taking care of the kid. That oh, I see. Do you see what I'm saying? That uh, Carl eventually takes on the role of. Mm -hmm. Is he like a narrator to fill in the audience? No, he no. I think I think Jim was sort of actually hitting it on the you know on the nose where he's 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 more of a um, role model for Carl and how to have a relationship with Frank, like a brother. Well, yeah. I mean, well, it's more it's more parental because his relationship, um, Vaughn's relationship with Frank's mother is not a romantic one it's more like a parent you know it's sort of like you could easily see them and i set up house or like an <laughs> uncle uh, if doyle wasn't in there in the picture i think that there was at some point someone suggested that or i didn't even i think even vaughn said it to doyle or something or vice versa um so yeah he's but and as far as the relationship he definitely is a a he shows Carl what, what the nature of that kind of relationship can be, you know, as, as a representative of it. So yeah. Okay. Well, great. So let's now do the fun stuff. I mean, uh, the hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Main character resolve. Change or steadfast. So does Carl um, change his nature? or does he stay the course uh, and how do we know? I think steadfast. Okay, we've got, we've got one of each, so make your cases, please. It started with his action that got him into the asylum and it ended with him doing the same action. Okay, but that's the overall story, right? The murders are pretty much what's going on in the big picture, or the whatever caused the him to murder his 
his wife and her his mother and her lover um and then you know but is he kill did he kill um for the same reason well i can see that it could be change in that he did it through knowledge and understanding at the end and the first time he did not understand what was happening right so the first time wasn't premeditated the second time was yeah and how else how else do we know because that's okay that's still sort of big picture but that's that's dealing with carl there's i think some there's a really clear bookend in here that indicates that he's he's changed yeah i'd say at the at the outset he sits there and listens to this distasteful monologue from jt walsh right with all these horrible you know um vile things and he's clearly agitated by it you can see it in his actions and at the very end he tells him <clears throat> kind of going through the same same kind of abuse verbal abuse he tells him to shut up and if he ever talks to him again he'll you know he'll yeah. take it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well we get the picture of what it might be but you know yeah you know, right but he's not he's he, he now understands that he doesn't have to put up with it no he can stand up for himself now yeah yeah. Yeah. So that would indicate there's a that's a pretty fundamental change. All right. Um do we see him as a doer or a beer and how do we know? Particularly if you look at the bulk of the movie. The beer. Yeah, beer. Yeah. Um Examples. He, he definitely like waits and he's listening and and you know, I don't know if he's waiting for things to change outside of himself, um, but it feels that way. I just I don't the evidence of that. I, I'm not clear. He, on. He, does he take action to make the world come into alignment with him, or does he no. internally change himself to mm. become more in balance with the world? I mean, that's, I mean, I think, I think you're right on the track with the beer, but just need some examples. Mm -hmm. Well, he just waits for people to let him out of jail. It's not that he tries to do anything about it for the asylum. Okay. So now, but think of some more, um, Carl moments as opposed to things. So there are things that are particularly him moments when he's alone or moments when um, so, so this is Nick, and I saw him actually more as a doer. And okay. I'll put my position forward then after you get more examples for the beer, or you want me to put it forward now? You can put it forward now. That's fine. Okay. So he's uh, um, he sees uh, a boy struggling, and he helps the boy. He doesn't like. He doesn't feel comfortable in the town. That's a problem for him. So he walks away back to another environment, um, back to the hospital. Um, he goes to uh, uh, his relationship with his dad has been bothering him. So he goes to visit his dad. He has considered killing his dad and then decides not to kill his dad. Those all would have been changes of the environment. And he doesn't kill his dad because his dad's not worth killing. But is um, that... Is that I guess my question would be, are those things that have to do with the patient that has been released into society or gone back home? 
or is that Carl? You know, you, you know what I mean? In other words, all of the things that you were describing are sort of how the patient is trying to adapt and having a very, very difficult time doing so. Um, but I'm willing, I'm willing to hear that, but then I want to see it applied when we hear the beers, uh, and, how, and I would like the beers to distinguish how come that's just not the patient. Well, because, okay, Carl, Carl has, um, you know, Carl, what, what, what is Carl dealing with? Carl, what are the things that define him? Carl has an, an, an injury, right? A mental injury. Right. Um, and he's constantly berated for it by people he meets. And he doesn't take any action. He just sort of acquiesces. He's told often by Dwight Yoakam to do this or do that or go here. And he always just sort of goes along with it and never really um, puts up. I mean, this this is tied sort of to his <clears throat> his change and uh, but he didn't, he yes, doesn't, well, certainly, ultimately, he becomes a doer. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But up well, until the end point, he, he really just goes along with whatever anyone says. Never puts up any sort of um, deflection or takes any any action about his own personal issues that he's dealing with. Right, and I think that that's the thing. It's important to point out is that it's his personal stuff that's in, important there, not. Um, you know, things that have so to the personal job. stuff that do not affect that are not representative of, of, of him <coughs> as a patient are. And, and also, how is he have a, an injury? Tony, did you say? Yeah, he's what? How is he injured? Um. I don't. He's got developmental issues. Yeah, developmentally challenged. I think it's probably better. I don't think I don't think they explicitly said it was a an injury like from his father or something like that. Well, I mean, it's it's an injury at birth, or it's an, it's always it's always based in an injury. <clears throat> but yes, I understand the point. Okay. Um, I mean, if you look at generally speaking, when anything he's when he's trying to decide anything, it's he's. You know, it's like him going to the, to, he's hungry, but he doesn't really, or, or he goes to the, the house where he's been invited, but he doesn't knock on the door. You know, he's, because he's just sort of waiting for the world to, um, for, for things, you know, to happen. He's, he's not someone who actually would do anything about it. But, but I guess, I guess the question I would have then is, is, using for example the door there's no indication that that this was a problem for him and this is a problem solving method well it is it is a problem the problem is okay so he how long has he been standing at that door how long would he, he have no been idea. standing at that door if uh if someone hadn't come along and said you know here we need to come let's lock on the door let's go in he would have been staying there the whole time. It was right, he, which is a problem for us, but not for him. Absolutely, I didn't see anything showing that it was a conflict for him. Well, he was he was going there to essentially to go to sleep. 
but he'd been there for hours and hours and hours. You know, so it's it's kind of like he he doesn't. I mean, he's he so much doesn't do things. He even goes in the house where they they have him on the bed. He just sits there. He doesn't even get into the bed. Right, and 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 I guess what I'm saying is that not doing things does not mean that you are a beer in your approach to problem problems for you. Um, it's a lot bigger indicator than doing things. I mean, it's just, you know, it's kind of hard to see being, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, the first 30 minutes of the movie, maybe half and a half, half of the movie, I thought it was just a, an update on being there. Yeah, I mean that whole opening monologue that he's he's he sits through. He's constantly doing things and adjusting himself and and doing all these coping methods. All these people are projecting on him, you know, like yeah, he's, uh, he's like changing. He's changing his own behavior to deal with the outside world. No, I I didn't see him change his behavior. Well, what, what do you think all of this stuff is? And you know, the, I I thought that's what he did for the most part. I didn't see it change from one particular circumstance to another circumstance where oh, it was, absolutely. where it was, where there was a motif under, when he's that under he, duress, only, he only rubbed his hands when he was I having totally a problem. Disagree. When, when he's under duress, he does far more of that self-stimulation than when he does, than other times. Okay. But is that him as a patient trying to adjust or is that him no, having personal the, problems? The patient, most of the patient stuff has to do with, um, how people are are projecting things onto him and the and wanting to know about his backstory. I mean that has or or getting him a job, getting him to fit in. Um, that's more. That's more where the the big picture is. You know, he is about. He's someone who's basically. Um, he's certainly damaged emotionally damaged but um he's also he's he's uh developmentally slow um and um, he, you know and he he would he is the first scene says it all his the way he copes is he just absorbs it that's how he copes so so but, i mean isn't his I mean, what what are you saying? His personal problems are though. I guess, I guess we haven't it's got, like, we haven't gotten okay. to that yet. We're just trying to find out whether or not he's a doer or beer, and he certainly is yeah. a doer. I mean, of any character I've, I've seen, short of <laughs> chance in uh, being there, this guy is a major passive beer. Not a, he's not even really an active beer. He's just a, he's a passive beer. What about when he's like changing his environment all the time? He's walking somewhere, you know, he's literally moving where he's sleeping. He's walking here, walking there. Um, what, because it is in that you're supposed to change your environment some if you are a doer? Changing the environment means adjusting the environment to you. Doesn't, that's, okay. doesn't mean moving, that's moving someplace else. And he only moved someplace else when he was either kicked out or invited. Mm -hmm. He did not go someplace and say, I wanna live here, or 
knock on a door and say, is there a room available? You know, that would be much more of a doer approach to doing that same activity. Um, that he's definitely wasn't that, he, he's not that way. I mean, he just, that's not what happened in the movie. Well, except for, except for when he went back to the to 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 the to the hospital, I mean, he was neither kicked out nor invited back, and he showed back right. up there. He just shows up, and that's his first. That's how he's trying to solve his problem, right? right? By basically making sure that the environment uh, that he he goes back to an environment in which he's already adjusted. Yeah, and then does he does he put up any kind of fight or take any kind of action when he's told he can't stay there? No. No, he just no, says. So, so again, it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna take you over here. Okay, you know you you have to realize that when you're thinking about a character as a doer or a beer, it's it is a preference. They're not wholly a doer and or wholly a beer. You need to, I mean, especially in in film. Yeah, but they they are in both the physical world and in the mental world. The question is, which is the one that is their preference to try to resolve a problem? Is it to change the physical world or is it try to, or does it try to, to change the mental world or and change? I don't mean in the, I don't mean a resolve kind of change. I just talk, you know, adjust to or adjust the physical world or adjust the mental world, you know, absorbing is, is a way to adjust, you know, taking things in just as, you know, pushing things away physically or organizing things physically is a way to adjust externally. So, I'm, so I, I mean, unless someone has a really good case for how this is a beer, a doer, I think we can be pretty, pretty sure that he's a beer. Why, why aren't we giving the case for him being either like why why are where are the examples like for him being a beer we've just run through a whole slew of them but i don't think i think what what's bothering me is that you know like when you're asking nick what whether or not it's about the patient or about carl you know it, it seems like it's a different standard that's being applied so like it is standing, because it, it is a completely different standard because the overall story has is a different frame of reference, and what goes on in the overall story is completely different than what's going on in your main character. I mean, it's a it's a wholly different reference point. So it's it's not going to be the same. It's not like you don't find a beer in the overall story. I mean, there may be some beers and there's some doers, but there's not, it's not a personal preference thing because it all has to do with an objective way of, of observing how the conflict is being, is interacting, is, is flowing. Um, and so it's, you don't get that kind of a, <clears throat> they're, they're, that, it's not a, an equivalency. So it's really, just from the person, the, the personal perspective, is it does the does Carl prefer to solve things as a beer by by adapting himself, or does he adapt his environment to him? And I think it's very I think it's really clear that he adapts himself to whatever environment he is in. 
um, to the point where to the point where he's almost like furniture. You know, he he really does not stand out. Um, he does not direct himself to stand out or do anything physically if if it's just you know by his choice. It's okay. So um, I know that there's a difference between the overall story perspective and the main character perspective. That's not what I'm asking about. So like when, um, you know, when you're talking about whether or not he's a patient, if it's him as a patient or him as a, a main character, I'm just asking which of the beer examples you're giving are actually about him as a main character. Because they, they when he's don't... in a room, when he's in a room with, and everybody's having a conversation, and then the conversation turns to him, mm -hmm. like when he's on the couch and Carl and uh, 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 Doyle, the boy, uh, yeah, he's you know doing his thing. That is not you know he's he's there, just sort of absorbing it. Um, but in the, in the, you see it mostly in the moments where he's with um, uh, the kid or where he's on his own, where he's on, on his own. I mean, that, that, that one scene probably wasn't a good one to pull up because that's really an overall story scene. Um, yeah, I think that's the problem that I'm having, Chris, is it's, just, it's like, you know, it, um, I just want to see like the clear examples like and have them be clear because it should be just about his, him and his, his main character point of view, not the overall story, right? Well, I would say, frankly, if it was the overall story or it was in our main character, it still looks more like a beer behavior than it does a doer behavior. You know, because okay. the, the problems that are going on, they're either psychological problems, people having psychological problems, which is internal, or they got attitude problems, which is internal. And I think whichever one you cast him in, Either one of those fit really well for him. I don't think he has physical problems, and I don't think he's got um, um, situational problems. You don't. You don't think he's. You know, there's a problem with his past at all. You think that's all memories? Do I think there's a problem with his past? He doesn't have a problem with his past. No. No, but you don't in think fact, his most, In fact, most people in that movie don't know his past. There are only a couple people who know his past. So that is not a big thing for him. In fact, he, does, he really doesn't have a problem telling people what his past is. So if there's anybody who has a problem with it, it certainly isn't him. Yeah. So I sure wouldn't say his concern would be the, the past. He's not trying to hide it. So it doesn't seem to be any concern for him as, you know, as Carl. But that I'm, that I'm pretty sure, yeah, I don't think he's really at all worried about the past. I think he only really starts, is it that he gets worried about the past when um, Frank starts to ask him questions like, well, why did you do this? Or why didn't you do that? I feel like then he starts to be affected by it more. Well, I, I think he starts, a, uh, starts thinking about it. I don't think he's really concerned. I don't think that's a concern of the past. I think that's just sensitivity about what a kid should hear or shouldn't hear. Well, there's that, too. In, yeah. in graphic nature. It's not, 
it's not that he's ashamed of what he did. He said he would do it again. No, I don't think he's ashamed of it. I think he was just realizing, yeah, you're right. Okay. And that's, again, remember when we're answering these questions, all of these story points are trying to tease out where the conflict's coming from. Not just what what's going on, but really we're trying to figure out, okay, where where is the problem? And how is the problem being approached? And, and um, in this case, the main character's approach to his personal problems. And he definitely seems to be, you know, one who is holding it in, you know, and, and processing it internally. Um, and, yeah, he and, watches, uh, um, he's at work, I think, and he's carrying a generator and he's standing off on the side and he's watching a, a father and son. And then the very next scene, he's, he's going to that shed and we're seeing the hole where he slept in. And all of that just felt memory. It just felt an internal, it's just an internal thing. So, uh, right, that right. Was yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's taking all of this and absorbing it, processing it with his experience. And mm -hmm. we see that by, that's a really good example. That's, that's actually an excellent example. Um, but it's, it has more to do with him. Yeah, this is where I, slept and this is where I, you know, all the things that happened in this place. So in addition to uh, the other indicia that we have for a beer, if we see a, a main character who seems to be holding it in and or processing things internally, as opposed to processing things externally, then those, that would be an indication that it's a beer. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, and you know, and in this case, he's a passive beer, so he's not really even showing us much, as opposed to Hamlet, who's an extremely active beer, and he's, you know, and since he's in a play, he can talk about what he's thinking, you know, so we can find out what he's thinking, processing, as opposed to we can watch him doing whatever he's doing. But he, he's a very, he's a very aggressive, assertive beer. Um, and Carl is a very passive view. All right, so uh, moving on to the main character problem-solving style. Does he use either a holistic problem-solving style or a linear problem-solving style? And um, how do we know? What, what some examples? So this one, I keep going back and forth on. Um, I... My first thought was, well, he's a he's a linear character because he seems to just go like from one thing to the other and he doesn't really he often will have a plan, but it's pretty sequential. And if something interrupts it, that might change where he's going. But it's a uh, very cause and effect. But right. um, also because he's so calculated and has a whole plan like at the end, I feel like that's also why he could be linear, because he calculated the whole murder from going from each person to the next with like... Well, even asking the victim, how do you call the police? I mean, yeah. <laughs> before he killed him. This part of the plan is not complete, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, that's an, that's an excellent example of, of, of someone who's using linear thinking, absolutely, linear okay. problem solving, yeah. Okay. Would linear fall into his, the way in which he handles the, um, small engines and 
did you check the the so and so? Did you do this? Did you do that? Just kind of going through some kind of of steps or some kind of linear process regarding that is, or is that a kind of he sees the whole thing and he's kind I of. I don't think we get enough information mm -hmm. about that to. I don't. I don't think I saw enough information to make that determination. I think the two different ways you're describing it. You know, it could be either way, but it, I think that the 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 way in which he goes about his plan to um, to get rid of the villain, I mean, it's so calculated. He, you know, he goes, he just goes right down the line of all the things he needs to set up and take care of. And well, he's been waiting this the whole time. I mean, he's just he's been sitting there just figuring it out the whole time. <laughs> like, that's what he's been doing. You know, yeah. what are you thinking? It's like, oh, well, I'm not yeah. thinking about those wieners in the, in the little container. I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't, I think that I think you're mixing this up with Fargo. <laughs> yeah, uh -oh. <laughs> OK. <laughs> that's um, a, which one? <laughs> the, the movie with the uh, shredder. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so now we switch gears and we go into the plot dynamics. Uh, so we're looking at more of the, the overall story at this point. And we have a driver, uh, actions or decisions. So do actions drive decisions or decisions drive actions? And whichever it is, give some examples, please. What starts off the what starts off everything? He's released. Okay. And then ends with a murder. Right. I mean he's pretty much, you know, he's he's uh he's we have a we have the two bookends at the beginning and the end that kind of show the status quo at the beginning and the status quo at the end. That sort of give us an idea. Yeah. Okay, here's here are the state of things, and then here are the state of things. So then something comes in, inciting event, changes everything, is released. Like, oh, okay. Um, and ultimately, you know, he, he kills the, the, the villain, and, and then we go back to, you know, inside the asylum. All right. What hap What are the things in the middle then? If it's an action-driven story, where do we see other major act turns that are action-driven? I mean, it gets kind of. Oh, go sorry. Go ahead. Well, I have a question. He was in a situation where he had to always follow orders. So does that set him up to be either an action or a decision character because of that? I was thinking um, decision. No, no, because this isn't about him as a character. This is about the, the, the big picture. So there is a patient who is in a hospital that as a child, as a young man or a child or whatever, killed his, it must be a young man, killed his mother and her lover um, rather brutally, but because of his mental condition, rather than putting him in jail, they put him in this institution. And Time has gone by where they have determined now that he is free to go. But even if they determine that, it's it, that doesn't change it until 
he's actually let out. That's when the story happens. Really, the story happens. That's when you can't go, you can't turn back. Okay. Just like once he chops up the bad guy, eh, the story can't, you know, it's going to go a different direction from that point. It's <laughs> 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 definitely, but there's, there's, there's going to be a couple of things that happen, you know, major meeting meeting frank turns the story around <clears throat> we're bumping into frank at the laundromat yeah okay that's sort of the first act turn mm -hmm. how about i mean there's the there's the baptism scene seems almost like a, a it's definitely punctuated um the the mid the midpoint um, Doyle I think uh, brings all his bandmates over, right? So in, um, he does seem to deliberate it, about it a little bit at the table. So that one's a little confusing. But the, but what? How does the how does bringing the bandmates over change the direction of of the story? Um, well, I was I mean I I guess. Um, when I was looking at this, I was looking at like when the little boy, when uh, what's his name? Sorry, uh, Frank invites him to live with him, and then I, and then um, and then Doyle moves in, and so it, it's. I mean, you're right; it doesn't really probably fit. I'm just trying to find the. I, I should I, remember maybe, the spots. Maybe when he moves into the house. Yeah. That, that was a pretty big transition. But but I feel like you know like when he moves into the house, it's almost like you know, the decisions, uh, well, this is why it's like the action decision thing is a little weird because it's like the decision's already been made and then after Doyle leaves and they talk about it, and, right? Okay. They um, talk about it as, as a done deal, like it's yeah. done. So is the main character, uh, the impact character, the opposite with the impact character be the action or decision character? No, this isn't about the character. Again, we're talking about the plot. Oh. So this is what, what, how the plot is moving forward, not a particular character. Okay. It's going to be, you know, the characters, multiple, and it doesn't have to be the main influence character. It could be any one of the characters in the story um, okay. can instigate those events. But the difference between action and decision, you think of actions happen, and decisions are made. So when an action happens, it's just sort of like, you know, it's just sort of like, oh, this happens. Um, so I think the three and the four action is, is Doyle uh, reaches for the kid on, on the couch and, and seems like he's about to strike him. Uh, and that causes um, uh, mm. Billy Bob to, to say, don't ever touch this kid again. Um, and and then we see the dis deliberative process going into effect where he's going to kill Doyle. Yes, yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a good one because that basically that threat to uh, Frank is what you know that that move to you know physically harm him or it looks like he's going to do that definitely sets into motion all of the subsequent events. That's oh, yeah. where I got stuck. I, I felt so much of that deliberation. Like I was with him. Oh, he's he's thinking it through. 
that's the whole idea. That's the nature of, of how these work. An action, action will drive a decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and if that, if that action hadn't taken, hadn't happened, right. those decisions would not follow, or that deliberation would not follow. And sure. that's a good indicator of a driver. The other thing that, that threw me um, in a direction of action, but not because I was clear on it, was in the beginning that there was, you know, they decided to let him go, but we never saw the deliberation. So I was like, okay, well, it can't be, you know, decision because we're not actually inside of that deliberation. So, you know, just trying a process of elimination versus actually being clear about it. Well, um, yeah, and so. that's why, that's why if you basically, you could cut out Everything you, if you, they had the original, the the first shot where that we see where he is in there, and then, then they just had a cut to him being released. From a story point of view, you don't lose anything. From an information an expositional point of view, you lost a lot, but okay. not from the not the dramatics of the story. The story didn't really begin until he's he's out. Okay, I got that. You no, know, they they were doing the whole exposition boulevard thing when they, uh, uh, you know, where he's talking to the reporter, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, let's give the audience the history <laughs> of what this character did, as well as an introduction into who he who he is, how he thinks about the things he's done, you know, which is. He understands exactly what he's done. He had he had done. Why he, you know, maybe not so much why, but the 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 instigator of it, and um, and because it and and he can do it without any sense of of shame, because mm -hmm. he's just describing events that happen, and and he understands that, and he's just sharing that. I think that's why you know they basically thought, okay, he's going to be fine because he's sort of come to terms with it. But I, you know, clearly, that was before he um, had sort of matured more and and found his place in the world where he actually ha could be uh, a parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that was the that was sort of the thing that changed him. Being able to have you know this child become sort of a surrogate son, and he and he could be the father that his father was never never was for him, which is why I think it was so important why he went and saw his father because it's like okay yeah this clearly is not a father, <laughs> and who also says you're not my son, and so it's like okay yeah we we, we see that pretty definitively. Yes, Chris. So uh, the initial, was it his decision that started it to go back to his hometown or was that in? No, it was, it was just the, the act. Well, he chose, yes, he chose to go back home. They told him he had to leave. So he said, okay, well, I'd like to go back home. So it was the action of them letting him go that make, he did the decision. Right. His decision to go back home. Okay. Yeah, and he wouldn't have decided that if they didn't let him go, because obviously he didn't want to go. <laughs> he felt very comfortable in the world that he knew. All righty. Um, I think I found the midpoint 
I, I think it's when um, the uh, Doyle throws the bottle through the uh, window and kicks oh. everyone out of the house. Yeah, I think that's. I think that is it. He has his tantrum. Yeah. Yeah. Because then he be, because at that point he becomes very a, a real threat, but not a threat to Frank. Just in general, a threat. Yeah, I think that's. I think you're right. Okay. Uh, just just on that last comment, I would say real quickly, um, he was a threat to Frank in the sense that um, he was a threat to the family. Yeah, but, but also that that, that 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 I think Carl could see Frank becoming like Carl in killing this person. He could see that coming in the future. Wait, Carl could see Frank, Frank, oh, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, Because okay. the, the boy is the one who carried almost all the tough action in that scene. Yes. He just laid into throwing stuff at, Frank, at, at Doyle. Um, and was pretty emotionally swept up in all of it. Yeah, he was. If it, yeah, I think you're right, and that's kind of where Frank was. Right, where he was as a child. Because um, he tells us that when he killed, uh, when when Carl says when he first killed, he was about about Frank's age. About his age, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah good point. Excellent point, actually. Okay, let's move on to the, the limit, story limit, time lock or option lock. Um, can we agree there's no time lock? Right, okay, so yeah. what, what are the options um, that bring about the climax effectively? What's the goal, more or less? I mean, I think that's the hardest thing to figure out in the whole story. Well, okay, so why did they let him out? Because uh, his, his time was up. No, so I don't, I don't, so. right? uh, don't cured, think so. He was cured. I mean, yes, but I mean, if you think of it, the doc, the doctor kind of has a, a hope for, uh, for what will happen to um, his Carl's life. What what is that hope? What doctor? The are you talking about the medical director or yes. someone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the administrator, okay. Doctor Jerry. Okay. Oh, Doctor Jerry. Um, I mean, clearly he he has. I mean, it's not shown that way, but. Well, I mean, he's he's he the one brings him. He drives him over there. He finds a place for him to work. He finds. Like a re reintegration into society. Even takes when when there's no place for him to stay, he even brings him to his family's house, <laughs> much to their horror. Right, but I, I mean that, that's all after the release, right? I, I mean, oh, yeah. That's after, right, it comes yeah. So, yeah. but I don't think I don't think that you know the release is based on a hope. Oh, okay. I don't. I, right. I, okay, I don't get hung up on my, the, my use of the word hope. I was not using it in any dramatic sense. I just meant there is an expectation. There is a goal. There's something is sought to be achieved or conditioned to be met. Well, okay, hold off on that. Let's talk about, wait, let's talk okay. about the outcome. Let's just talk about the outcome. 
So is this a success or failure story? Failure. I mean, if, if the goal is to reintegrate him, um, it seems like a failure. Well, okay. If the goal, if the goal is to is to um, well, don't tell um, me. Okay. Right. From a gut reaction, what does it seem like? Well, from a gut, it seemed to me well, that this was a success story. What? Yeah. I mean, it felt to me like I a need Tim Liz to see another day. <laughs> he got back where he wanted to. He's, Tiny he's Tim lives to see another day. So the so Dr. Jerry, who has, you know, he, he kind of has taken this guy under his wing and he says, okay, you can't stay here anymore, so you're going to be let out. And by leaving him out, that means he's cured, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Was well, he he's cured? Well, yeah. He's well. No. I don't well, think he was cured if you say that he was emotionally I think it was an administrative thing that he had to do. It's like, well, that's, you know, that's you got to deal with life. You know, it's the way it is. I didn't right. get He says it's out of his hands. Felt that. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, when Frank asked... It's a matter of fairness that he's released. Sorry, Julie, go ahead. That's okay. Uh, when Frank asked him this question, he says, well, I reckon they thought I was well. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, so... I don't think he had any reason to lie about that. Right, right. No, that's what he. That so, if they're if if they if the whole point of letting him out into society was to show that this this individual can be let out safely into society and become integrated. Oh, that's a failure. Yeah. That right. If that like, was the point. Right. Well, it sure <laughs> seems like it was the point. Well, it, no, I think the point was when are when are when well, it's more thematic. When are killings justified? No, 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 no. That is theme. That is absolutely not plot. Right. The goal is a plot point, not a thematic point. And when you get into thematic points, then you get all in the squishy, edgy stuff. And that's this is absolutely as the reason is a binary choice. This is a black or white objective look at. Whatever the goal was, was it success? Did it succeed or failure? Was it met or was it not met? If we if we phrase the goal as what to do with Carl, does that also still end in failure, in your opinion? Well, I don't think what to do. No, a goal doesn't it doesn't have a binary. It's to be an endpoint, not a process point. All right. So unless, the unless it's like successfully integrating into into society, and that would be one of them. That's an option. Say, okay. Yes, he is successfully integrated into society, and we can call this a success story. Is, is he going to be put up on their their board of successes <laughs> or failures? No. no. Right. He's a he's from what this story seems to be saying from in a big picture. When you let go of a patient from this hospital into the into his into society, it does not appear to be a success story. I mean, by any objective measure, not a subjective measure, but an objective right. measure, it does not appear to be um, successful. So when we look at the limit, so it's a, it is a failure. When we look at the limit, though, this is going to be 
So what are the things that could have led it up to being a success that ultimately didn't? Yes, the, the first was like, you know, can, you know, can he do the, can you uh, reintegrate by doing the job? And then it would be like, can he reintegrate into this new family that he's going to be part of? Yeah. Dating, like, going on a date with date, the, Yeah. The, can he be in a bigger community? Like, like that's where the baptism is. That's why that's such a big punctuation moment. Cause he's like part of the town again. Right. Just in time, yeah, just in time to kill yeah. again. These are exactly the point. Yeah. These are exactly the things that would be in that limit that would show he's yeah. doing, he is make, making his way. He's doing, everything possible and even to a certain degree he this guy he gets up to the 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 um the line he under he's able to understand and recognize uh the value of a family and to really create one but he can't participate in it mm. he chooses he, he knows he chooses not to because he 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 does what he did the first time which was that he he killed the person that was uh, um, antagonizing him. Um, I mean, but it's a, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it, he was antagonized. He didn't understand it the first time he did it because he was young and didn't get that. But he thought it was an antagonist, and then just sort of flipped. Um, so by that, so so yeah, those are, those would be the kinds of things, the options that you say. Oh well, did did he do these things? And it's like yes, 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 except for the last one, which was for him Don't to step into the role of a parent or something like that. And what he did was he found someone else to take that role because he, he could facilitate it. He couldn't fulfill on it. Right. So, well, so. that's one way of saying it. I would say he couldn't physically fulfill the role because he was going to sacrifice himself to to get rid of the threat to his son. Yeah, yeah. Which any father would do. Right. But it still means it was a failure. I mean, that part, that part objectively, it, it's a failure because you, if, if you can't figure out how to resolve those kinds of conflicts without killing somebody, that... <laughs> not really acceptable. Right. And thus right. Not, so, he can't be in society. Right. So now we're going to have the one that I think is, I think we'll maybe have a little fight over. All right. So the judgment, good or bad? Good. Okay, move that on. Seems good to me. I didn't feel bad at all. <laughs> well, um, I, I think. Thornton, isn't it his script and story? I mean, he probably yeah. thinks it's good. I mean, the person that conceived it probably thinks it's good. I, I don't, I, after after the killing, I don't see any angst anywhere. Yeah. I, I, it's yeah. like the threat yeah. to the family unit is, is resolved. Um, right. and, and there could have been a lot of angst, but we're purposely not shown any of that. Right. And in fact, the one thing we do see when we see that he's changed, he has to put up with that crap. Right. So he's like, I'm a good, you know, he's like, I'm okay right now. And you're, you're, this is not my day, you know. But um, it's like, I'm not you. Like in the beginning, it's like, oh, we're both monsters, although it's not defined clearly. Right, right. The other guy's yeah. JT is a monster. And at the end, he, JT is a monster, but he's not. And, right. And, 
I feel good about that. Yeah. Well, that whole like chair chair dragging is almost like them sharpening the weapon, the yeah. sling blade as he drags yeah. it, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so maybe we didn't have a uh, fight over this. I I too felt that it was a. I felt that it, I did not think it was a tragedy. It did not feel like a tragedy at all, um, and it did feel more like a personal triumph because he, though he sacrificed himself, he did it for the right reasons, and he was okay with that. You know, and, and that's why I, I agree. Okay. I will say. Uh, it in resolving my own angst as an audience member like i really wished i could have seen what happened to like how it impacted the town and frank like i'm glad that i got to see you know that he changed by seeing that scene at the end it's a really good bookend obviously but um because my that like i'm sitting there thinking like so how does that affect the kid that he his friend it's kind of cool that your friend would kill for you possibly but also like not a great example <laughs> in terms of life skills and him being a father figure and then losing another father figure. So I feel like that could potentially be tragic, but um, sure. in and a I think it, way. But. Right. And I think if, had they brought that in, yeah, that, that it might actually change the, the feel of it. Okay. You know? And so if they did go back and you know, see how the family reacted and all, and all that and the impact it had on Frank, Mm -hmm. It could easily have turned bad. It could have easily, you know, been a tragedy. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't. That's not what it showed. Right. And, okay. it, and it didn't, um, and it, it didn't feel incomplete. Or it felt complete, you know, which tells me that, you know, that was, that was the point. And even if they had shot stuff like that, they may have trimmed it out because it was sending, them, you know, it was confusing the issue. Mm -hmm. I like that he had said to his father, I've been studying on killing you. <laughs> and it's like, well, basically he's saying you're not worth it. Right. Yeah. Right. But this guy that's threatening my family, right? You're worth it. And I well, mean that and that's one of those that feeling of, of yeah, good. Okay, cool. Right. And I think that's one of those steps in the option lock is confronting the past. And his father, you know, was part of the, you know, his father was the one who basically forced him to sleep in a ditch in a shed. Well, to bury his, his brother, the little fella. Well, know? no, no, but the, he was out there to, no, he was kept out in the shed. And he's, and no, he's, no, I got that, but I'm just saying later, in, in addition to that, there was oh, yeah. the burying of his brother, which he- Right, he, right, as he, in putting that behind him and, 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 Yes. Yeah. I thought that's where, so just clarify for me, I thought that's where he shot his mom and her lover. Like, I, I thought that was the significance. He, did, he didn't shoot her, I mean, he used the sling blade. Right. Which is kind of almost like a, just a much bigger version of what he used. <laughs> okay. And, th and that happened on the back porch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or on the Thank kitchen you. floor, and he went through the back porch and saw yeah, that. Right, he went yeah. inside. He saw it from the outside, okay. and he went in, right? Okay, thank you, everyone. <laughs> the other, some of the other beats were like, you know, um, not only just like burying his his brother, but also like teaching him that these things were in the Bible that they weren't there, right? 
I'm sorry? He mentioned several times, like, you ought not to teach your kids that that kind of violence is in the Bible. So it's like they were, it was, it was almost like his family was like a cult to him. Right. Okay, so let's move on to the domains, the theme browser. All right. Um, I just can't, I can't read this terribly well. Apologize for that. Uh, so, <laughs> good accent. We have our, yeah, I can slip into that really easily. <laughs> yep, y'all home. Yeah, I used to do this in high school. Um, so, the main character is either going to be in fixed attitude or manipulation because he's a beer. Um, and uh, where do we, does anybody have an idea? And, and where the domains are, where the overall story and where the main character might be. Hmm. So, the, or like the main character, fixed, a fixed attitude would be what is being thought or what he thinks, distinct from how he thinks, correct? Correct, correct. So, I mean, you know, if you think of the, the He's, he's, I think in this case, I think the, the, uh, the Bible is a really good reference to a way that he's using to look at, you know, how, uh, not how things work, but what, what things are. And he understands some and he doesn't understand others, but he understands there's, they're sort of right and wrong. And, and, mm -hmm. um, and he, even though he doesn't understand it all, he does he does believe it. Uh, um, so I think that that's the thing where he comes into this. We don't really see, we see, I think that develop, you know, it's, it's, I think that maybe where he is is in fixed attitude, but you certainly see how he becomes a lot more, um, not strident. That's wrong. That's too strong, but a lot more, um, puts a lot more emphasis on, you know, what you, you know, what, how, what to think. Um, and by the end, he knows perfectly, he knows his path and he's going to follow it, you know, based on his, his mindset. Is it because, so I felt like it, when he, even when he was released, the journalist was say, asking, you know, are you going to kill again? And he's like, oh, I reckon I don't have a reason to, or I don't, you know, <laughs> know anybody who deserves it. So he clearly isn't like, he no. doesn't really feel bad about killing people. And he's right, like, oh, right. never do that. He's like, well, I don't see a reason. And, uh, and then, you know, but then later you find out he had been thinking about killing his dad, then he ends up killing and then he sort of threatens the guy at the end about killing. So I feel like, I don't know if that's too too objective a character in terms of just somebody being a murderer. It's not maybe personal enough, I don't know. Um, but that seems pretty fixed through the whole thing, even though everyone else is trying to like, to influence him. Right. So you what definition are we making now? Which are we trying we're to- thinking, We're thinking about the main character at, in the um, fixed attitude or mind domain yeah i think if 
if you put the main character in fixed attitude, I feel like the, I mean, obviously the influence character would be in a situation, but I think it, it makes a lot of sense that the little boy's home life is a bad situation and that that puts a lot of, um, you know, the way that the little boy's then influencing him, Frank is influencing Carl is then about Carl's, you know, like his past seems like that is coming up a lot in their conversations at least. And it seems to be like, what ends up happening in the end is the thing that happened before. Right. Right. But, but for the, but instead of being the perpetrator from the kid being the perpetrator is actually the one who's being protected by the adult Carl. Yes. Yeah. It is, it is better. Well, he sees that the kid would end up killing the guy eventually and he's saving them from that yeah that's that yeah we had talked about that before but yes absolutely i think you're right i think you're you are correct um go ahead i was just going to take a stab at the overall story but are we ready for that sure okay so i mean i i feel like the the um the i guess it's like the town is 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 like the reintegration of Carl feels like it's the town trying to, or not the town, I shouldn't, I keep saying the town because it's hard for me to pick out the clear protagonist. I'm not sure if Carl really works for that or not, but it feels like they're trying to, like the whole idea of reintegrating him seems like that's the plan. Right. Causing problems for everyone. Seems to be more like Dr. Jerry's plan. (laughs) Right, yeah. But then I, I would guess that it gets, you know, handed off from Dr. Jerry to in a way the boy seems like he has more pursuit than Carl does, but Carl seems um, very, very thoughtful, except for when he gets asked about things, I guess. Okay. So you're going to talk about the domain or the overall story. Yeah. So I'm, I'm basically saying that it seems like it's a, it's a, that's the town's manner of thinking because they're, trying to reintegrate this person in a society that can't really be reintegrated. So it's like, it's like they're having to do mental gymnastics in order to make it work. And also in general, if you think of the town, there's a crap load of dysfunctional behavior. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the band, the band is fantastic, right? Because it's like, I mean, just for playing a role, like each person in that band seems like they're, playing a role, they're really not ever going to be a real band. Right. But I mean, you know, you've got, I mean, it just, you've got, there's, the, there's Linda mom who, who is in an abusive relationship and stays yeah. in it. Right. Um, there's this Frank who has, is, 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 is damaged by the way that his dad killed himself and abandoned them. Um, uh, and even tries to hide it. Um, Vaughn, of course, is is just like the perfect uh, manipulative villain. Um, uh, oh, you're just a, a a crappy retard. Oh no, I'm just teasing. Not really. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he says uh, and, and there's a couple other uh, times where Vaughn is is really manipulating folks, and and well, and he manipulates them in, in getting the mom out of the house. Um, right. So that we can have the talk down, and then he tells Frankie, "Don't you be telling your mom." We had this little chat, but I mean, even all the other characters, you know, you've got the 
the guy who works at the um, shop who basically is good for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not sure exactly why he still has them around there, but I guess, I guess they just like to hang, hang together. And, you know, and even the, the, the woman with whom he went, goes on a date, which Carlos goes on a date, you know, she's got lots of issues and passive aggressive behavior. And, uh, but she's so, a good walker. <laughs> <laughs> she had a blister, but she came back. She liked the That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that, uh, um, I think that sounds pretty good. So, and of course, that means the relationship is an activity. And, and you see, apart from him working, most of the activity that happens in it are with he, either he and Frank or he and Vaughn in a few instances, but mostly with he and Frank. Yeah, like carrying the laundry. Carrying yeah, laundry and, and yeah. fishing or whatever they're. Yeah, just doing doing different things or in talking. Um, yeah, so football. football. Yeah, playing football exactly. I mean, it's really it's really interesting where you see Carl seeing other relationships, father son types of relationships, and then him immediately testing them out with with Frank. You know, it's kind of nice to see that develop in the middle. That's sort of in the middle of the story toward the end. Um, and then ultimately realizing that he can't really have the kind of relationship he wants with with the villain still alive. <laughs> so, uh, and and then um, there's also like the becoming a family part too, and for the um, OS again, it's like they're you know because there's the failure of it, right? And but they're coming well, together as a family, right? The becoming part. Sure. I think. Well, I can see all of those in that. In that. Yeah. yeah. So everybody okay with uh, the the domain? So that we have the main character is a fixed attitude, uh, which puts the uh, influence character Frank in situation. Our overall story is in psychology or manipulation, and the relationship then is in activity. So everybody good with that? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Making progress. <laughs> so now, now we need to narrow it down to um, the concerns. And so, um, which basically brings us into, you know, we have four choices. The upper left, the upper right, the lower right, and the lower left. So when you pick one in one domain, it picks them in all of them. Does anybody have a suggestion or where they think the concerns are? I like contemplation for uh, for main character. Uh, learning, gathering information. Um, okay, uh, there would be there would be contemplation. For um, yeah, for Carl. For Carl. But the word impulsive gets me for Carl. Impulsive responses. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was just going to go through the other ones. Hold one sec. Okay. We'll, I'll get that to a sec. 
So that would be um, the, with contemplation in the main character, that would mean our, our influence character, Frank would be present. The overall story would be conceiving an idea and then learning or gathering information in the activity. Um, all right, so you were talking about pre-conscious for the main character. Now, again, we're talking about the concerns, which is the part that it's gonna be consistent from beginning to end. Right. Because every, because we're gonna get all four of them over the course of the story, yeah. but one's gonna be consistent. So how, what do you, Chris, what do you think about, what are you thinking? In well, his, his, his impulsive responses has been consistent through the story and that works with how things are changing in the um, uh, impact character and they're doing things together and everybody's playing a role. Just tossing that out, but I'm willing to accept anything. I'm just curious, how, is, how are the, uh, the impulsive responses or preconscious responses how is that a, a, a concern for, for um, Carl? Because it got him into the asylum and it's going to take him back there. But he doesn't seem to be terribly concerned about it. He, he didn't seem to have any trouble telling people about it. Um, Impulses also, it, I think, is it isn't an impulse more like just something you don't think about ahead of time. I feel like yeah. his, the murder, he he sat there on that couch while the whole violent thing went down with the family and didn't do its thing, and then eventually grabbed Doyle's arm when he went to hit the kid. But that was like he took he took all that time to decide to intervene, and then he took a lot of time to plan out the murder. So while it's unrecommended behavior it's uh not i don't think it was last minute or anything and and again there will be a one of the one of the acts will cover pre-conscious but um when we're looking at a concern that's going to be there the whole time and i'm not sure yes. i see that okay consistently through the whole story i mean it's, it's definitely what happens in the backstory right i mean like yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, there's not enough backstory. That's that's the thing is that I don't know. I would. You, there's you, like four you could just as easily say it was it was his subconscious, his innermost desires. You know, because he's he's seeing red. I think it was more okay. not. You know, preconscious response is like a knee jerk reaction, as opposed to being, you know, seeing red. At least to me, generally means heightened passion or rage um you know like he's violating my mother and i'm not gonna he's got to protect her you know so the fear desired end of things um but it doesn't but, but again that's a moment so but then he kills his mom too right well so, right because she's because she gives the same reaction that again, that same reaction, and just understand. But but this isn't going to be the story form for the backstory. 
So let's, right. just, let's sure. not try to starry find that because that's there's not going to be a successful ending to that process. Um, all right. So we have one uh, suggestion. Anybody else have an alternative suggestion? We've got. Um, I'd say, I'd say innermost desires. Um, mostly because I feel like his partly because he's itching to kill event and does eventually, but that like he's hoping to kind of fit in with the family. Um, he's kind of dreamed about what it might be like maybe. Uh, and then there's closure at the end. I don't know. Never mind, that doesn't fit that well, I don't think. I mean, he's contemplating, I mean, he is contemplative the entire time. Well, but, but we, when he gets asked about what he's thinking about, he's just thinking about potatoes, right? So, I mean, it, yeah, either he's know, lying. We know he has the capability, even in reflecting on what he did in the past mm -hmm. and throughout the entire time of what he's going to do once he reached that boiling point for him, which, I, which would be that grabbing what Doyle's arm, right? Well, it's it out. Plus the Bible, you know, just the whole like figuring <laughs> well, out how the it, Bible kind of plays. The, the, the murder, the murder mostly seemed to be in more of an objective story thing. I mean, an overall story okay. thing. Okay. Whereas the scene before it, you know, where he's talking with Frank, um, the there are a lot of other scenes that definitely seem to be more like either a Frank or or Carl moments or relationship moments. Um, you know, when, I mean, you've also, I think you could also put in there possibly memory because right. one thing that be, seems to be, everybody's asking him for what, you know, what happened, what did you do? And he's even thinking about what his father was, had done and he's been contemplating, you know, he's been, he's been thinking about what he was going to do to his dad. I mean, again, you're going to get all those the whole time, but um, mm -hmm. you've got the his history. Yeah, his history is always <laughs> is always there. Yes, actually, that's true. Yeah, but but yeah. but his history. I think you know it's interesting. I think they people want him to sort of or sort of force him to think about his. You know, what is it? What has he been thinking? You know, what is a recollection? What was he? Whereas I think Frank represents that past of who he was when it all went bad, you know, as an, influence, as an influence character, he sees that path happening for Frank and it's, and that has, a, you know, impact on him, that, that influences his, his decisions. Um, there's also like memories as reputation. There's also be like memories as reputation in a way, because even though they don't, the town doesn't seem to care that much, but he, I mean, they talk about it quite a bit. They, Oh, you're that boy that, or you're the one that did that when you're a kid. Was there, there wasn't that much of it, was there? I think there were at least two instances. Yeah. Well, there's three. There was the there's one at the lawnmower scene um, when the help remembers uh, what the guy who got 
uh, chopped up was, and he remembers what a little bit what Carl was like in school. Oh, right. And he and, said uh, that guy deserved it because he was an asshole, right? <laughs> right. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Linda says that uh, she was at the time when she makes biscuits after the place has been torn up for, and she offers to make biscuits for Carl, um, yeah. or, or he asks her and she agrees. Um, that that she says, and he confesses what he had done, or or or, or reveals it, and and she says, "Oh, you're that one. I remember that. Well, I was awful young then, but it was talked about." Right. And I think that if you look if you look at that quadrant, then you have in the overall story you've got developing a plan, which would be sort of trying to figure out how get this guy integrated back into society. Um, as, a, as opposed to a conceiving the idea, conceiving the idea is like, you know, they would almost be like, yeah. can this guy get in here in what, in what capacity as opposed to, well, we know we want him and try to have him put in here, but how on earth are we gonna be able to figure this out to get him to fit properly? Um, and then, that would be in, in the in the relationship. It would be about understanding, and I which, think. It, go ahead. Which they have an instant understanding, and then at the end of it, when the con like between the two, the the father son relationship, they have an instant understanding there because uh, Frank's looking for a dad and sees that, and then um, uh, Carl's looking to to you know redevelop himself in a way and then the and then by the end of it the consequences that everybody understands then that you don't just put someone back into society without some sort of plan right because there wasn't a plan and that was that was right. the problem they just throw them out throw them out so in looking for conflicts that arise from each of these i see it most easily in the the overall story manipulation developing a plan there's conflict that arises from dr jerry's plan of driving him back to town and spending the night at dr jerry's house you can see that that mrs dr jerry didn't like that at one doyle was not real happy with the plan for for frank to move into the garage um uh and other types of plans that are also being well, developed. And, 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 and Carl's not happy. And Carl wasn't very happy about the plan of him getting kicked out. You know, right. This is why he runs back. But they said, no, you can't stay here. You know, we, we can't do that. And in terms of the activity and for understanding, well, I'm, I'm not so sure about the understandings, uh, but you definitely see the four underneath. Um, well, I like how you talk. Um, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Interpretations yeah, and good. conditionings and instincts just are all over the place uh, between the two of them. Right. Yeah, I think that, I agree. That that's that's true. That, that does seem to be very strong. Okay. Um, so can we shall we try that quadrant and see if we can go down any further and see where we end yeah. up? Yeah, can I make one last comment about the concern? So, because um, just thinking about the concerns as purposes, like and thinking about the sling blade as, as like the purpose that's across all four of them, like, you know, because in a way this is like, um, 
uh, I don't know, like the sling blade is like God's weapon almost in this story. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the, in other words, like you can't get away from the purpose of, of Carl. Like Carl's just going to do what Carl's going to do. Uh-huh. Oh, I see why you're talking about purposes because of the Yeah. Um, you know, after we're done with this, I'll t- we'll talk a little bit about that purpose, that the, the positioning, um, because it's a it's a lot more fluid than you might think. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't mean like it's a like the motivation or anything like that. I just mean, yeah, I, it's an interesting concept. I hadn't really ever thought of it that way. I mean, honestly. Um, so we've got our, we look in our overall story and we have, uh, in developing a plan, we've got state of being, situation, sense of self and circumstances. In state of being, we have knowledge, thought, inertia, change, situation, um, as actuality, order, perception, chaos, sense of self, we have ability, desire, projection, speculation, and then circumstances aware, self-aware, equity, inequity. And if we go over to our main character, um, anybody have an idea where they think the, the main character's problem quad is? And what, what, of these 16 terms, we've got four sets. Anybody have a, a, a strong feeling about where the, they think is might be the, I'm just skipping the, the um, I'm skipping the issue for the moment. Uh, uh, where the problem elements are? Like what is, what is the thing that causes the most grief or trouble for Carl? you think? Yeah. Anything? Um, I would, I would think it's going to make him aware of what he is or who he is. Okay. So you're looking at this quadrant. Mm-hmm. You mean like he doesn't have enough evidence to see if he's well or not? I mean, you know, one of the things is you've got ability in that quadrant. You quad, you've got ability, and yeah, there certainly is an awful lot of discussion about Carl's disability. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the and whether you know how awareness versus self-awareness, you know how much he's, you know, what's going on inside that head, <laughs> right? Yeah, that kind of thing. Just all everyone was always bringing up that he's you know mentally crippled and the perpetual awareness of that and mm-hmm. and so for Carl I was thinking that uh, change seems to be causing him problems. Um, okay. Um, How uh, change in. Well, if change was a problem, my only thought is that he's going back to where he was as a kid. It's like, it doesn't look like much has changed in that environment at all. 
Um, and uh, apart from the getting booted out of of uh, his comfort zone, um, that that one event, how was change consistently troublesome for him? Uh, well, I, the, I go ahead. I was just going to say, couldn't you say the inertia is the problem then? Because he's just. Well, I, do, I, I'm asking if that's no. an argument you believe in, then make do it. Do make it. This, I don't want to just do what ifs because we can do it. We can do one of them. Right. No, but but I'm just looking at the the, the, the problem quad, not necessarily assigning out, but um, so so. There is a, a change issue, it seems to me, with the way that, that uh, Doyle is getting more and more aggressive. Um, that is causing problems for Frank on a personal level. Um, well, wouldn't Doyle, though, for the most part, be over in the overall story, right? Yeah. So I, I, would, I would try to see if we could... You know, if you could, if you could think of the part, this is the part of Carl that we would pick up, and if he was put a different story, this is the stuff that would go with it. Yeah, and I, um, you know, I, I, I guess the one of the issues I'm having with this is that um, you know Frank is the one that talks a lot about how bad his memories are, if anybody. Like he and he talks about how anxious he is and how self-conscious he is, and it seems like that really grates on um, on Carl quite a bit. Right. So I mean, it's a, it'd be a lot easier for me to go, oh, well, the boy's like totally self-conscious and self-aware. Well, you in the right, you've got the yeah, that. You know, and I think that when the little boy speaks his truth, like when Frank speaks his truth to Carl, that really pushes him even further. So in a lot of ways, it's easier for me to put um, Frank Frank here than it is for me to put Carl, because I'm, I'm not getting to see all of what's going on with Frank, even though he's not very active. But the things that are, the things that are Carl's that are, I mean, if you think, if you say, okay, what do we know about Carl? We definitely know that ability is a is a is a big issue for him. Sure. Actually, what about what if uh, desire was his problem? Basically, nobody wanted him. But that doesn't seem to be the case because he's got a girl. He's got a woman who wants to go after him, and he's got Frank who wants to. I'm just just saying. And, yeah. and if this no, no. Right. But what I'm saying is like if you make desire his problem, and then. Um, ability is when he finally he's the only one that's able to get rid of Doyle like permanently and so he's very self-aware of what he's done and then his awareness is like making everybody else you know um go out not to think like that you know it's not right to do that kind of thing and then what happens um at the end is then he moves into that ability space like he's actually um, he's doing what he does best. I, I, I would, I'd say that would be okay, except for the fact that his backstory is that he doesn't seem to have much problem with whacking. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm not saying he has. A, I'm not saying ability is his problem. I'm saying the problem is that. No, you're saying it was a solution. That's but but I'm saying that yeah, yeah. Ability doesn't seem to be a solution for him. Maybe yeah, yeah. In it, other it, words, like his problem is that nobody want like his parents wanted him like he had to sleep out in the shed, right? And he all those desires like he would have loved to have a brother, but he his dad made him go bury him out in the backyard, right? And so um, that that's actually what's driving him. Like those are the things that are. And the thing about that too is that ties into Bond's personal issue of desire, um, you know, in, in an objective sense, and then also Doyle too. Um, everybody's got you know their own kind of self-image. You know, he thinks he's like. Construction work is a really important thing, man. And that's like, <laughs> it's like elevated self-image. And, um, oh, you're talking about the overall story now? Yeah. And then because it's a failure story, um, that would make his crucial element ability. So yeah, everybody picks on his ability. Those are his, you know, that's what everybody sees as being his problem. Whereas, you know, both Vaughn and the kid, uh, objectively are the desire part. You know, it's like they would love to have a father. They would love to be able to express their love and be able to be open about everything, but they can't because of what people will say. And then that ties in nicely because I think the influence character that makes his problem self-aware. So both the, the child, kind of like what Brian was saying earlier, both the, uh, Frank and, um, Bond are coming from a very self-aware place. Right, which was the argument that was being made earlier. Yeah, yeah. What Brian was saying, but I was just saying, keep it where it's like main character in memory and, and then in the past, but then that's actually like his source of drive is that self-awareness, right? And then... So you're the, saying that the overall... Well, hold on one sec. Hold on. Hold yeah. on right. Problem. I want because what I want to do is go to the story engine where we can actually see the choices. Um, all right, so we've got in the overall story. Then the problem is desire, and I mean actually that works really well. If you think for the overall story, it really works well for just about everybody. Everybody's got something they want that they just. That, oh, oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, J.T. Walsh's whole thing is, you know, he's just that kind of guy, you know, like, he got a, a feeling that he was super creepy because he couldn't control his desires. Yeah, right. He, go, yeah. he takes what he wants, right? He's like, yeah, and that's just I the kind of girl. And I, yeah. Well, yeah, and you also think of, if you think of desire as the problem for Carl, um, you know, that's what got him in the first place, the mother and her lover. Oh. Yeah, that's better. You know, and his inability to process it, and you know, not under, can't understand what was going on. That's what got him there. Hmm. Okay. So his critical flaw is really funny because he can't predict, right? <laughs> At first, at least for three signposts. Oh yeah, that's for the main main character. All the contemplation yeah. stuff that was with yeah the benchmark contemplations is right that's that's what uh, that's what we were looking for earlier was the bench was contemplation I think we're having it as the benchmark that 
because it starts off where he doesn't look like he's, you can't tell if he's thinking at all. And then by the end of it, he is, he is really cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really like the issue of conditioning for the relationship story because it's like father and son uh, training, you know, raising him, you know. You, oh, then, right. Going through, all, doing all the different things together to, to make, condition them in that kind of a relationship to establish yeah. that kind of mm -hmm. physical relationship. Because they both clearly want to be together, right? That desire. Yeah. But, you know. And that's, that would be one where it's not so much a problem, but a source of motivation. Yeah. And then the interpretation could be like J.T. Walsh's thing where it's like, oh, what did you do with that kid? You know, like his insinuations sort of thing. Like, yeah, I bet you made friends. That kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just like J.T. Walsh being the serial killer at the beginning of the show. And yeah, at the end of the beginning show. And end. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, the, the real creep. Um, the very familiar uh, story for him, Jim. <laughs> it's very mid-90s. <laughs> yeah, but do you recognize it? It looks like Manchester by the Sea, right? Oh, it is, right? Yeah. I think yeah. It's oh, exceptional. And remember, like, it's what do you do with the kid in Manchester by the Sea, just, and this is like, what do you do with Carl? Oh, right, right. Oh, of course. And then the issue of sense of self. I mean, I think you see a lot of people have issues with, you know, either their, their sense of who they are is, is yeah. somehow out of proportion to what they, what they really are either too big or too small or, you know, or warped. Um, well, even like the um, uh, Frank or is Linda the mom, like there's just, there's hardly any resistance on having Carl coming to live with them. And, and it's as if they like, don't want to, you know, bruise the boy's ego anymore than it already is. You know, they just she got that. Yeah. She's, she knows he's, he's hurting. Yeah. Well, and you've got that monster of a boyfriend who keeps on picking on him and denigrating him. And the Mr. Ego, right? Yep. Again, a big sense of self. I mean, the members of that band, you know, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are sure There's full the of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they need to make more runs to the county line. <laughs> So if this is a stop story, then is it is the idea that like the the consequence is being let out of the the um, nervous hospital? Pardon? Well, it's like the consequence um, in a stop story is there from the very beginning, and so in a way, like the sling blade is oh. let out of Carl's let out of the the mental hospital, and so like he's the consequence. In a way, right? Well, yeah, because basically yeah. you have a murderer who is then let let out into into his hometown with a lot of potential wreckage, and ultimately, um, it, it is a repeat event, although for a completely different reason, and that, and the way it's structured should have a positive net effect or right. 
a small few, but overall not so great. And also you think of it as a consequence that it, it's not going to, um, in terms of releasing other people out into the, uh, uh, into the, the wilds, so to speak, uh, into society, this isn't gonna add anything positive to that. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> negative. And then who, who's the protagonists for this? Is, were we right earlier when we were talking about kind of like people of the town? I mean, certainly they seem to have more of the holistic point of view. I think one of the funnier parts is when Carl tries to tell that joke and he completely doesn't do it well. It's like, it's like, the, it's like the perfect example of like how not to be holistic or like trying to be holistic by copying someone and then failing at it. You know, because like if he had told the joke and that like actually lighten the mood that would have been like holistic problem solving or could have been you agree um, with me I, i'm not sure in the context of the holistic problem solving but i definitely think you know he was he was he, he didn't understand the joke but he understood right. what was said and because yeah. he didn't understand the joke, he didn't understand the linearity of it, that the linearity was the thing that was really important because it led you to a false conclusion. Um, or actually led you to the right conclusion, but then you got the, the punchline is that it went in a different direction than you were expecting. But the reason he used the joke was to change the atmosphere or the at right. the, the the attitude the the thing after the fight with linda and being him and linda in the kitchen he's trying to change yes. what's so going on without him. having an end goal in in in, in sight he so, just misused whatever it was yeah 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 so it's like really linear it's like oh they laughed at this if she laughs at it then it'll be okay and then he botches it <laughs> yeah well i'll be darned <laughs> but, but, the, but, but I, I have a question oh, go ahead oh is i just wanted to see what just kind of pull on the protagonist thing because just like in manchester by the sea like you have the the character where like the protagonist is not alive anymore right so like in this in this one it's it seems like it's i don't know I, do, or i guess in easier ways do you think carl's the protagonist because he's also the consequence so that seems really strange and he seems very considerate no, I, think he's, no but, I think i think initially it's dr jerry then i think it may be to some degree frank yeah i agree yeah i think, uh, I think frank is trying to integrate him certainly into the family yeah. but then isn't doyle also trying to reintegrate him in his weird screwed up way because like i mean that's in a way like yeah you know, if, Wait, right? doyle is the, no doyle's the bad guy no he's definitely yeah not. He is absolutely antagonist. He want he does not want that guy there. He wants he him does not want him. He does not want him to fit in. He doesn't want him in his house, and he doesn't well, doesn't want him around. But I mean, it's still it just you know if the which if you're trying to integrate this person into this into society, and you're doing everything you possibly can to undermine his his success, that's kind of a an that's an antagonist. But in the dramatic sense of the word antagonist, like he's... Well, sure. I think he's trying to prevent. 
but uh, okay then what happens in the end then because like in the end carl takes over it's carl's carl's plan at that point right but isn't carl really for the consequence then or is he well, just not for the goal he's no longer he's no longer acting as the protagonist i think at the end except in that in that you have it, it's it's kind of like it, it's not a black and white if you think about his integration then what he's doing is he's doing the thing that actually would make the society better by getting rid of carl yeah and to some extent by getting rid of himself because it, it, his presence there is disruptive. Okay. So, so then would you say like, there's like a hand up back to like to Carl in the last signpost? Yeah. Okay. So it's like Jerry, he Frank, Frank, he Frank Carl. the pursuit character. No question. You know, the okay. last, in the last act, which of course doesn't involve many people, but he certainly is the one who's sort of setting moving things along, setting them all up and for it to fall into place. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's weird because it, it's it's kind of like it goes along at a very regular clip. Yeah. With you know just sort of this happens and this happens and this happens and then you get that that major turn between the third and fourth act where there's this big big threat to Frank. And it, you know, energizes the main character as well as, the, and, and also has him, has him adopt the position of the protagonist. So he becomes sort of heroic, but it's a, an anti-hero story, you know, so he fails. The, the big picture fails, but not for him personally. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, so then I guess I'm wondering if there's like a slide in the middle. I guess I want to see the signpost, but oh. Well, before before we do that, the consequence, could you just give me the consequence in dramatic a sense? Because I see understanding there and I want to know how that's present at the beginning and then how that is what the ending is. Well, I'd say it's probably um either lack of understanding or misunderstanding. Because I think that because they don't understand, they don't really take time to understand why, you know, who people are, why they're doing it. Um, particularly Carl, I mean, he sort of represents this threat that comes into the society. Uh, it, it allows something to happen that shouldn't have happened. Um, you know, he's sort of seen as this, you know, weird, but sort of harmless character. And he, in fact, isn't, you know, ultimately he's, the only reason he's harmless is because there was really no, nothing that fit in his worldview that needed to be harmed. But when it, when that changed, you know, he had no hesitation to 
to do it. I mean, the perfect example of that is look, when you see how Doyle reacts to him in that last scene before he kills him. <laughs> he's like, you know, telling him all the, you know, he's, he's like laid back. I mean, it's kind of stone, but, you know, laid back and, yeah, well, you know, you could call 911. You know, he's answering all these questions when, and he even says, what are you going to do with that? I'm going to kill you. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really understand that there's this major threat standing right in front of him or sitting in front of him. So, in, in okay, so you, you I guess, so you're saying it, it would, it's, a misunderstanding at the start and misunderstanding at the end. Um, could it have been a misunderstanding at the start and then an understanding at the end? Or no? Well, uh, it, it's a, if you're looking at it in terms of a consequence, the consequence right. is the, you know, the or else, the, the negative um, result. And so you could either see it as a misunderstanding or as an understanding that is a negative, whichever way you want to couch that. It doesn't, it's more, that's more semantics. As long as you think of it as, okay, here is this negative, this, this understanding of this negative um, uh, potential has been introduced into our, our environment, but not understanding just how much of a threat it is means you're not going to really be able to and and you aren't, aren't able to integrate it fully you're going to end up with it being you know we'll have a, a maybe yeah you could be a, have a better understanding of exactly how you screwed up um that, that would be fine i mean it's the understanding misunderstanding that's both sides of the same it's all part of okay. the that, that was really what I was uh, trying yeah. to, to get at, plus understanding where the misunderstanding was. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it, start, it starts off with them misunderstanding, like, you know, just not, it's almost like not respecting the disability. And then in the end, like, that's magnified. And whether you call it, yeah. you know, they, they, that somebody understands more about that and puts them at the hospital or that no one understands it, so they have to put them in the hospital. We don't really have a word for, like, Disunderstanding, right? But right, except for the except we should. Let, except when you put it in the context of a con a consequence, then that kind of throws yeah. the onto that. That's why it's always important to keep the story point in mind because that is what puts the spin on it. That's what that's what makes it a negative. It puts the dis in front of the understanding. Um, so Brian wanted to see the signposts, and we have that thing that you said you were going to talk about uh, at the start that we would save for the end. Okay, we were let's see. We've got for the changing one nature playing a role. This is the overall story. So then we have it. That's the one where we have the bump in the middle, right? So it's uh, the the overall story goes slide bump slide. So you're going to have a a pronounced midpoint on the overall story. Our main character is going to go bump, 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 bump. So that's going to be very episodic. Our influence character is bump, slide, wait. 
Slide. No, it's slide, bump, slide. So it's also got a, a, a big midterm, a midpoint turn, which I think is right after the conversation with um, the Dwayne. Uh, and then, in the, or not, yeah, well, no. We don't know. It's, it's uh, the relationship is obtaining, learning, understanding, doing. Okay, so that's bump, slide, bump. So that's the three act structure, the Z pattern. So, um, so you've got one three act structure, one episodic, and two uh, of the midpoint turns. So that's why it, it feels more like a first half, half, second half, and emphasize with the overall with the main character, it's more chunky. That feels right. Go ahead. I was just trying to see if there's a pattern for the protagonist handoff thing, but it would follow like the relationship pattern, if anything. So Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it goes, the last one is doing. Um, and also, it, yeah, I, yeah, I think it looks, it looks pretty good. I'd have to, you know, without starting to go in and, and illustrate a lot of these, um, that's where you can fine tune it quite a bit. Uh, so we have in the overall story, the catalyst is circumstances. I think that's where you have him being, uh, where you have Carl being introduced or the, the patient, <laughs> ex-patient, introduced into um, these different, uh, like going into the family or going into the work environment or, you know, where it, it can move things along or, you know, date. Um, and the inhibitor of senses, um, anybody think of that off the top of your head? Apart from the way he talks. Can you repeat that question? Yes, the overall story catalyst of circumstances. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh, oh, I'm sorry, inhibitor. overall story inhibitor of senses. So it's the thing that slows the story down. It's almost like, you know, mit misinterpreting what you see or what you hear or getting drunk or... What, what about when he comes into the bedroom with the pickaxe? Um, I mean, it's kind of a forewarning, but it's like, does that work for senses in a way? Like, um, you... Yes, but I'm trying to think of how it works as an inhibitor. Well, because it, it's like, you know, the, the progression is that he's going to end up killing them, but it, it's, it's, he's like, because they're both in bed together or be, for whatever reason, he, sen he senses it's not the right time to kill or, you know, he's, he's, his senses are ahead of him, like pushing him into, into the kill. I don't know. I'm just reaching, I guess. Isn't it just as much as he comes in and that's the scariest sight you've ever seen. So maybe this guy isn't shouldn't be sleeping in our garage. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Thanks, Jim. Work, Jim. Thank you. In terms of senses, is this literal? Like five yeah. senses? Okay. Yeah. They certainly eat a lot in this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does slow them down. Yeah. The taters. <laughs> what are you thinking well, about? Usually, 
they're mm -hmm. in the middle of the meal, and and that's a that's a scenario for the them all um, getting into a fight. But yeah. remember, in this case, it's the the use of senses will slow down the conflict or reduce conflict, and it's not what not our senses as audience. Well, what what about when he visits his dad and he's like, you know, I reckon I don't have to kill you because I sense that you're not a threat I think anymore. That I sense is I see. It's that, okay. it's that kind of sense. But that doesn't count. Yeah. yeah. So I see that you're you're basically you're about to die. So, uh, you know, you're you're almost dead. I don't need to kill you. Would it be when people stop and talk okay. to him and tell him lots of information? Um, that no, I think that would be more that that would again senses is taste, touch, smell, hearing, you know, uh, sight be seen, yeah, yeah. But, sight seeing. Um, so it's I mean it's like seeing someone or hearing something that would slow down the story. That's that's effectively what a an overall story inhibitor of senses would. Do. Um, is yeah. it him when he says mm, 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 when he does that well i i would take since this is the overall story um it could be that um i i have to know exactly what you know again it's so you're hearing that but how does that slow the story down what, what i mean it, it's no, no, it's, it's going to be an event. It's going to be something that happens either sure. because of that's, that's exposed in terms of sight, sound, smell, or taste. Happens yeah. often. So, so, so starting off, um, we reduce the, sensuals, the sense stimulation for the newspaper interview so he doesn't flip out. Oh, yeah, that's okay. true. And then, and then right. at, how does that slow down the story? Well, it's, it slows down the sense of the it, it, it's to slow down the conflict that that would otherwise be present is what we're told. Okay. All right. That's it. Yeah, that would be if that was within. Yeah, that would be fine. Yes. And by doing that, it does allow that it does sort of do that function that way. And then another instance would be where um, a deprivation of senses or a lack of senses where um, uh, Linda the mom sees Carl following the boy and then so and, and she doesn't want to talk out loud about Carl and so she takes him off uh to a private area um to talk about it and then they come back and then and then Linda and and Vaughn are are, are speaking in a low voice again to deprive any sense of uh of senses to Carl that might uh, oh. Indicate that they're not so accepting of him. But that wouldn't that our our awareness of that increase conflict? Our understanding of, of conflict as opposed to well, it might increase the purpose of doing of depriving the senses of Carl is to yeah. reduce the potential conflict there. Yeah, that that yeah. might be it. But yeah, I think Julie's com Julie's comment about the food was actually probably. Um, pretty close because every time he's you know eating food, he's calming down because then he's always eating mustard, right? Because it's not it's not red. 
like you know doesn't remind him of his bloody past right because i think most of the time it's it would have been ketchup right okay i i mean it's kind of like you think of the like a circumstance catalyst it's an event that basically makes things much more the, the conflict heightens the conflict so an inhibitor of sense yeah. is something that reduces conflict so every time they seem to want to reduce his him as a as a beast they feed him or they offer him food right like it, whether it's carl do you want a biscuit you know do i want do you want coffee right and sometimes it's not really like okay i i think that i think you're stepping too much into the story um you're you're saying this is what they are doing that's not that's not how these story points work these story points the, describe what's happening or how to create something um and that that's why just be careful about attributing the motivation to the characters because that is not an accurate way to describe this yeah i mean it, it, it i'm i'm saying more it's like the um it's i guess it's as if the author is feeding the the you know it's like if you it's a, it seems like the same reaction if you feed a dog um something to calm it down right Is it's it it's like I, I, that to me inherently doesn't do anything in particular because I know some of our dogs you feed them something they get really hyper. Oh no, I mean it's, it's a trope though. Pardon? It's yeah, but it's a trope. It's like it's like if you um you know you distract the the I don't know the 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 giant with food so that they're not so violent. Okay, if that if if that was what the story was and you wanted to be able to slow it down from a storytelling point of view, then yeah. you could sure show them some shiny object and they go, they have to go walk off a long way to go get to it. That's what I'm talking about it being a, a, a inhibitor because basically yeah. you can cut away from that scene and come back and know that, not a whole lot's happened because there's they're going off after that that thing they saw or they smelled or they heard or whatever that's that's what right. the inhibitor does yeah so, that's i think that's what we're common you know okay all right then we're in agreement I mean, like even after he kills the guy like they you know even to like even after that he sits down and eats biscuits and mustard again almost to like you know chill the audience I don't know if it can be used that way, but it's almost just like to take a break. I don't, I don't think that's, I, I don't think that's an, I don't think it Ill, that's an illustration of the overall story inhibitor. That's, that's my point. You might be sensitive, okay. but I don't think it's, it's an, an inhibitor in that context, but that's neither here nor there. Um, well, what? I have a question is, so the story points, those are more for the overall like objective story. So the inhibitor would have to stop the plot as in pretty much everybody can, it pauses around it, or is it just the main character? Well, it's not the main character because the main character is not in the overall story. Okay. Yeah, it, it's the, so it's, it's like the protagonist the weapon. and so it would be like, if the protagonist is pursuing the story goal, then is it those characters we would find it 
more and what stops them. But to yeah, it would, it, it essentially, yeah, it essentially, this doesn't stop. It just slows down. It's like, you know, there's, there's a forward motion to the plot in this, or the, the events in the story. And sometimes you just want it to slow down. It's yeah. like, okay, we, you know, it's, now this is not an example of senses. But it's like, okay, we have to gather all this stuff to go across the, the ocean. It's like, okay, yeah. that's going to take a while. <laughs> and so it's a really good technique. It's a really good um, element that you can use as a writer to slow the pace, to, modif to modify the pace. If you want to pick it up, use the catalyst. If you want to slow it down, you use the inhibitor. Okay. And so, yeah, so, sorry, go ahead. So, so I guess like, you know, um, you know, when they take him out to lunch, like on his job, they also take him out and then he, um, Vaughn takes him out to lunch. And then also he goes to the place himself in the beginning. Like, don't all of those things, you know, like, yeah, they, like, blow the, the conflict the down fry, in the overall story. The French fry stuff that might, that might be, that might do it. Although to me, that doesn't, I guess it's taste, but it's not really, it's more of a, that's more than activity of eating or something, but not, not a, a, a sense per se, but sure, that would be, that would be okay. I mean, they really, it's not very explicit. So it doesn't, to me, it doesn't change the pace. The pace is pretty slow. And so, yeah. You know, talking and rambling. You know, yeah. I mean, the whole, that's, that's the problem, I think, with why there, there may not be an awful lot of inhibitor in this, because it's all pretty slow. And if you put in an, an inhibitor, it would just, I mean, it's kind of like you would throw an inhibitor when you want to go cut to a nice big long scene with Frank and, and uh, Carl. Like in the woods. Yeah. So that would be, a, and you don't sure. expect anything to be going on while they're, they're gone. That's the kind of time when you would want to use if you needed it. But when you have a, a, a story that's paced so slowly, you know, they can be gone five minutes. You can have a five minute scene and it's like, you know, not a big deal. Whereas if you're in, a, in an action adventure story where you've got, you know, the end of the world is coming, and then you just cut away and have a five minute scene where these two people are getting to know each other. It's gonna be like, okay, you cut back. You're gonna fully expect it to have been much further along, unless you use an inhibitor right before you cut away and say, oh crap, we gotta do all this stuff, which basically just says, okay, the story is really slowed down and we can go away and not miss anything. So that's that's kind of the point of the inhibitor. Isn't it also to cut the tension too, though? Well, it does it. That's what it does. But I don't know from a storytelling point of view. I don't think that's why you would want to do that, because the only time you really want to cut the tension is if you want to be able to go away for a bit and not have the story continuing on at a, at the, a regular pace. You know, sometimes you don't want to have to watch them building the arc. 
You want to come back? Oh, and it's built. Great. I, I mean, so I get the customer. So you don't want to go in and put an inhibitor right before you're going to build the ARC because you come back, it's like, oh, they're just getting started building the ARC. If it's not about building an ARC, if you just want that to be done, then it's a perfect thing just to just cut away to your other through lines and then come back and everything's progressing as at the same pace that you would have expected. It's just, it's, it's a, it's, it can be used as a technique that way. Um, it does have the, just like the catalyst does increase tension, the inhibitor does slow it and, and decrease tension, but you usually don't want to decrease in tension just to decrease tension because then it gets boring, right? I mean, you really, really, not a great storytelling technique. The only time you want to have it boring is when you're not sitting there watching it. <laughs> so you can go do something else and then come back and it's like, okay, the boring stuff's over. But it got done. You know, that that's what a really what a difference between a catalyst and inhibitor. They're really, really good for that. Um, it's kind of like the same when you look at the, the, those modifiers. It's like looking at costs and dividends. Yeah, you, know, you have your goal and consequence, which are the big things. You know, you're, so this is what we're heading for, and this is the thing that's gonna be, or else, um, you know, if it's not achieved. But you know, I don't want it all or nothing. I want to, I want to mitigate it somehow. Well, then you can throw in some some dividends to sweeten the pot, and throw in some costs to you know sour the pot. You know, to make it a little more painful. So it's just the way they're just tools. They're just ways that we understand how a narrative can be is moderated because it will naturally change pace. Um, but as a, from an author's point of view, you can use them also to do that explicitly. All right. Um, you, uh, question yes? Yeah. Conversation to. Examples of uh, main character unique ability or suspicion. Um, well, I'd say that I'd say that the okay. So, what the unit? Let me just define it. So, the main character's unique ability is the quality that makes the main character uniquely suited for having the overall story and then success. The goal being met. Um, this is a failure story, so that doesn't happen. But if the idea was that the um, if his, I mean, you, you pretty much have it in there where you've got this idea that he's he suspects that uh, um, the bad guy, what's his name? Doyle. Doyle. He, yeah. You know, he's really suspicious of Doyle and what Doyle's going to do with the family. And he could act in such a way as to prevent a tragedy which would get Doyle out of the way and have him melded into the family. That's how that could work, right? Mm -hmm. um, but his, uh, but his critical flaw of prediction. So uh, who's it is? 
Somebody was mentioning that earlier. That was me. Yeah. It's like he can't pre- it's like he can't predict until the very end. And even then it's not really well, I guess it is a prediction in the end, right? Well, I think the prediction is is that, you know, it's like once a murderer, always a murderer, you know, if he's gonna yeah. before he'll do it again. And it under it actually undermines that ability for him to integrate into society. So because he in fact goes follows that prediction and and chops the bad guy's head in half. Well, we don't really see him like going sus- like suspicious, like oh, should I do this or oh, I don't. What's going to happen? Oh, yeah, we no, no, we don't see yeah. him actually go and sus and report the suspicion to somebody to do it and and like the the police or whatever who come in and stop him before he kills you know the family or whatnot that would have been the way he could have successfully then stepped in to that position and be the parent the father to um yeah to frank but that doesn't happen because the prediction was accurate and it it, it he, he went through the behavior and he he was predicted he'd do it again and Right. Well, not only that, but there was he, he, he I, I, my feeling of the movie was is he was predicting that that Linda was going to stick with Doyle. He was predicting yeah. that Doyle was going to hurt Frank and he was predicting that Frank was going to end up killing Doyle or being killed by Doyle. And all those predictions led him to the tragedy or to the yeah. first. Well, that, that, that works. That works just as well. Yep. And, and this same thing with the, the IC's uh, unique ability of interdiction like that's that's uh correct me if i'm wrong but the interdiction the, the unique ability of the ic is to get the main character to change it's to uh, it's to force the main character to grow yeah so it's it like the be, it may be a steadfast main character but it's going to be the one that's really pushing the main character to address personal issues yeah so even like their first meeting is is kind of like the the interdiction in Carl's life. Right. And, and yeah, instead of staying in the back of the, the, the business with all the lawnmowers, he's brought over to the family. Yeah. And, and that allowed that allows him to push him toward that um, possible integration and definitely toward his, his growth. And, and then the change. And then the critical flaw of evidence is that like, like the Frank is not collecting any evidence really besides what is he's given by Carl. And same thing with Vaughn when Vaughn's interviewing him. Right. Well, that I think too. they're looking, I think for, for Vaughn, he's, he's looking for evidence of something more and, and it's lacking. He, he keeps on sort of attributing the lack yeah. of information there. And it's like, well, there's just, there's really not the evidence to support it. And I'm giving him an opportunity to provide me the evidence and it's just not there. And that's the projection too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question with regards to the influence character, unique ability and critical flaw within the influence character when you have a change fail story. What, what? Okay. So, so the unique ability is effective because there's a change regardless of whether or not there's a fail is that correct 
That is correct. All right. And the critical flaw is what would interfere with the unique with the IC's unique ability. And so therefore it is not stronger in quotes uh, than the interdiction quality. Is that right. correct? It isn't sufficient enough to undermine the effectiveness of the influence character's unique ability. Great. Okay, got it. Yep, you got that right. Any other does, questions? Does, oh. does the catalyst inhibitor for the relationship work in a similar fashion or is that just separate? It, no, it does. Well, okay, it might. But okay. this, um, in this this version of the model, um, the there is a disconnect between the overall story and the relationship in terms of causal relationships. Um, so you can't say that the catalyst of the one is somehow influencing the the development of the other. I mean, I. I'm sure there is, it's just we don't have that mapped out. Got and it. I'm not, and, I, and I'm not sure that you can see it. I'm not sure you can accurately see those connections from the, the choices we've made in developing this version of the model. Okay. This may not be, you know, visible. What, one more quick question on, uh -huh. on like cost and dividends. Here we have dividends, which is memories. Is it an acceptable use of memories to say that one of the dividends is that that Carl now has new memories, or is it the memory should be what he came in with, and that's what we're looking at as far as dividends, how those are impacted? Oh, I, think, I think you know. I, I'd say that there are. I'm not I sure. It's certainly, it's not memories. necessarily. Carl. He says he met a boy. Yeah. And that's it's what's going to carry him through for the rest of the, his, his time. But, it, but at any event, okay, so, but at any yeah. event, there are new memories throughout the story um, so that we look at memories really as, as a dividend at the end, and we can look yeah. at past at the end, and it doesn't have to be just what they came in with, but it can be what develops over the course of the story. Oh, it's, it won't be, they, they don't have any costs or dividends at the beginning of the story. Right. They, they are all set up, they are all accumulated as you um, proceed toward the goal. Right, but they did come in with memories and-, and Those aren't necessarily, okay, so remember, memory can also be forgetting. You know, memory can be forgetting, so it may also right, be, yeah. you could also just have it that he's, you know, these really negative memories are now, you know, have been or, or or readjusted. Yeah, but um, but it could be new memories also. Yeah, and I think okay. it generally is new stuff, great, not old stuff. But it can also anything that's new or old can be something that's a modification of something that pre-existed. But you know, it's it, it is typical that it is something that is introduced in as an as a novel item in the story. Um, not something that's just left over from the backstory. All right, great. Yeah, as a, as a general rule. Um, the, the cost is like repeating the past, right? 
Uh, well, uh, I think certain costs are, well, there's, there could be the repeating of the path. Yeah, maybe. I think also, remember, there's the, certainly for, um, you're going, oh, okay, going back to, in this case, the patient going back home and visiting the father in the grave. And those, those, those are sort of painful events for him, you know, and so they, they, they're, they're a cost, but they're kind of, you know, part of the process. It's not so like you can pull it apart. It's just something that you, it comes, comes with it. You know, as you're going down that path, it's just the things that are, you know, the little negatives that you have to, that you, that pop up. In this case, I think dealing with his father and the dead brother, um, the visiting the scene of the crime, you know, those are all parts of the past for him, that patient, um, that probably could have done without, but it was also something he needed to, you know, just something that he, in order to go and confront his father, because all those things sort of needed to be addressed. Especially since the way they set it up was, okay, you know, here's, here's how things are moving in his real life. Well, then he goes back and sees how things were. It's a, it sets up a really good contrast. Yeah, um, this is probably silly, but it sort of feels like a rumspringer almost. A what? <laughs> like rumspringer, you know, like the, is it the Mennonites where they go, you know, they have their time away from the, the yeah. camp and they come back? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. It's sort of those things that make you appreciate what you have more. Yeah. yeah. The lottery... Oh, okay. And some of them are dividends. You get to see things you've never seen before. Yeah. And you get things that might scare you or, or things that come up, in this case, if it was the past, something from your past, like maybe somebody who had, who had been excommunicated and, you know, you see them and it creates some, you know, conflict. You know, like, Generally speaking, do you see cost and dividends as being more emotionally tinged so that cost is something that is sad and dividend is something that is is glad they they can be both or either they don't have to be emotional they can also be material okay i mean it can be literally you know that's why what this setting i mean if it's something from memory well, okay, it's probably not going to be a material thing. It's probably going to be something that's been a, more of emotional or mental. All right, but it um, could be like obtaining, then that would be more material probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's why the nature of what uh, item is there really helps color how that will show up. It's kind of nice that this is a way of getting – so so – Cost and dividends come from the the main character and the influence character. So if you wanted to have the OS dealing with the cost of their past or or getting the benefit of memories, this is a slot to put it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is. And it's a way, it's one of the ways in which 
um, the model pulls together from the different domains into a single context so that you are comparing apples and oranges. Great. But they are collectively working together as opposed to being wholly separate. Are the dividends always positive? Yes, by definition. Yes, Rich. Could it be um, like somebody giving you a refund check on a music lesson or something for a um, dividend that you forgot about? I mean, as a memory? A memory. Or is remembrance and memories different? No, 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 positive memory. I mean, that a refund check is not really a memory. Um, oh, the dividend. <laughs> no, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. If it was an obtaining, uh, a dividend of obtaining, then getting a, a, a refund check, that could absolutely be a one, but is, that would not be a dividend of memory. Memory would be, you know, creating you know, positive memories or getting rid of bad memories. Um, okay. You know, it's gotta be a perk. It's gotta be something that's positive. Just like a cost has to be something that's negative by definition. It's not something that you forgot about and then somebody reminded you and now you're getting if it. Was a, if it was good. If it's good, yeah. If it yeah. Was right. So you get the refund, yeah. you get this money that you forgot about. Well, yeah, but I, the problem is I think that um, with that particular storytelling, I probably as an audience wouldn't think of it as a memory so much as, oh, here was this dividend thing and i wouldn't really know how that fit in because okay it wouldn't wouldn't be you could do it if you could if you're really careful with the storytelling well if it was memorabilia it would work right uh yes yeah so, that... so if you had that as a piece of memorabilia then then yes that could that would work in that sense yes you know just be Again, be very careful that it would be the memories associated with the memorabilia, not the stuff. Yeah, that's that's why the yeah. I, just to shift, if we're to shift uh, topic. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I got stuck on um, contemplation for the main character. And I see it showing up in four warnings, and I see it showing up in benchmark. I just also see it's the benchmark. Calibrate my head around this, you know. Okay, as you're as the well, it's the benchmark, which makes it really. I mean, that makes it. Usually, what happens is is that if you really are fixated on something, then it's going to either be the concern or it will be the benchmark. Okay. And the the primary difference between how you would think of those uh, a concern and a benchmark a concern is something that's going to be this pretty much the same all the way through a benchmark is going to be seen as something that is either increasing or decreasing over time so you know so for contemplation we see um we see carl he starts off he, i mean it always looks like he's thinking you know, you never can really tell what's going on. But over time, we start to be able to see, get a lot better idea of what he is in fact thinking. Okay. So at the beginning, he's completely opaque. 
by the end, we know exactly what he's thinking. Right. And that's why it's a benchmark as opposed to a concern. I mean, that's, how, that's, not why, that's not why it is, but that's why, that's why as a benchmark, it shows up that way. The, the increasing of it. Yeah. Yes, well, the he, development yeah. of it in that way. He, exactly. He, he starts off saying, I reckon, and he ends up being like the reckoning. So mm. doesn't that work for the contemplation, for the... For the... The benchmark. Um, you yeah, see him yeah, reckoning. So. I'm not sure that a reckoning, I'm not sure that how that's contemplation. That sounds, I mean, oh, right? well, other, other than wordplay. <laughs> but, oh, no, I mean, like, well, he's this, uh, I mean, like, okay. Um, but a reckoning. Well, he's usually, arrived at enough of the contemplation to actually take action or to do something. Right, yeah, but I'd say that the reckoning is probably associated with uh, forewarning or something. Forewarning, huh? you know, as opposed to uh, the benchmark. You know, because you know, if you're using that reckoning, uh, you know, but forewarnings are the things that say um, the consequence is either it's going to, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, or it's getting worse, it's getting worse, and it's not going to go away. <laughs> so you're not understanding. But isn't that what happens? Yeah, because it's a failure. So uh, here's the contemplations. And then you end up with exactly. the consequence. So yes, that's exactly yeah. what happens. Yeah. Okay. So that's why, you know, the, the forewarnings are great for letting your audience know that the consequences right on the heels and maybe overtaking the goal. The requirements are the things that let you know how far you're getting along toward achieving the goal. Mm -hmm. So once for the once attached associated with the consequence, the others associated with the goal. Yes, so nobody really could conceive an idea of of any any way that no one could conceive that he would of, of how they would let someone out who could possibly be able to kill again. And he's a gentle giant and Vaughn sees him as a, not, not a threat. Right. Until, I mean, obviously if he had conceived of it well, while he's sitting there with that sharpened uh, <laughs> blade, he probably wouldn't have just sat there while he got his head chopped open. Right. You know, but it was just not conceivable. It just, he couldn't get it. He just like, you know, that one last step, he just couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Standing in a doorway with the, uh, with the uh, hammer. I mean, it's just right. like, come on. Yeah. What? And like the prerequisites of the present, is that like, do you got anything good to eat in there? Uh, the prerequisites, do you mean preconditions? Uh, oh, sorry, I meant gathering information. Like, do you have anything good to eat in there? You know, like he's, oh, like he's yeah, such a, so. you know, you gotta, yeah. well, you've gotta, the gathering information, I think is for the prerequisites. So finding out more information about, you know, learning oh. more and more about the patient. Um, yeah. The, the interview. Yeah. All of those yeah. things, you know, that's, these are things that need, that the town needs to sort of pull together for whichever step in the trying to get an idea of how, how to, you know, 
get this guy to integrate properly. Mm. Um, Would that fit into his asking about the French fries and all that, the gathering information? Would that play into that scene at the, at the hot, hot dog stand or whatever it was? Um, it, yeah, it would. Because, yeah, that's what they did with, uh, that's what the um, shop owner, he, he would determine that, okay, this is something that it's, a, it's almost like a payment of me a method of payment, and he's clearly enjoys it, and he's just sort of like the one of the rest of us, and we can sit down and have lunch. So yeah, I think that would be a, a good example for one of the prerequisites toward you know, the requirements to, to reach that goal of integration. Does him seeing his dad count too, where he's, you know, getting information by going to see his dad? Like, oh wow, my dad's old and not a threat anymore. Yeah, I think so. I think in each of those, remember we were talking about the options and the option lock. I think they'll yeah. all they'll all be made up of those pre prerequisites and preconditions and working toward the requirements, as as well as some indicators of the forewarnings. So yeah, that's what that's the bulk of what happens in the story is made up of those little pieces, you know, and they they build on each other and, and they sort of start over again and they you go through build and and process all those options, and those are the those are the pieces that you use for that, as well as you know the rest of the story form pieces of the rest of the story form. Yeah, and that's why the story is so slow, right? Well, no, it's just there's, I think the style makes it really slow because you can, you can go through, you can tell this same story in a, in a Michael Bay's type of way where there's, but you'd have a lot more dead people and, or, or histrionics or car races or whatnot. So you could <laughs> do it the same way. It's just that I think is appropriate because of the location where it was, you know, where it was set, because life is pretty slow there, and you have a mentally slow main character. Yeah. And if it was going faster, your main character probably wouldn't seem to be able to keep up. So mm -hmm. to make it keep to keep it sort of real, I think they tried to do it that way. I mean, I'm really speculating at this point. But so, any other last questions before we? Uh, Wrap this up. Can you just do the preconditions too, Chris? Because you did everything else. Like, what's what's the present precondition? Um. Okay, I think my guess would be it would be something to the effect that so since so since he comes in and everything has to be sort of available right now. You know, there's no putting him off. He's just sort of like always right. He's always in the present. And so when he walks yeah. up to a door or up to a, uh, um, a oh. dog, you know, okay. it's like, oh. well, we got to, it's only going to happen if someone allows it to happen right now, you know. Um, even when he bumps into Frank, it's sort of like, okay, well, this is a right now thing. You know, it's not later. It's just right now. And to the point of to, to the point where he you know where Carl just sort of sets down his fries and helps the kid. So like it's a 
it has to happen now. If you're going to move on, if the story is going to move forward, got to do it right okay. now. But that's the kind of thing. I, and you see a lot of that going on, you know, especially since the characters sort of built that way. Okay, well, great. I think this uh, worked out quite nicely. Thank you much. Thank you, one and all. I think this is definitely a group effort. <laughs>